Hi, and welcome to Women CEO in Reflection, a podcast dedicated to personal growth and mental health discussions with women CEOs across the globe. It's here where inspired women get candid about what drives them to succeed and the personal challenges they've encountered on their path to success. So if you're a woman on a mission, this is the podcast you don't want to miss. So sit back, relax, and let's get candid. Hi, and welcome to Women CEO in Reflection. I'm your host, Marisa Jones. Today's guest is Angel Johnson. She's the CEO and founder of Iconi, a motivational activewear brand for men and women. Angel served in the United States Air Force for eight years. And while it, in the service that she developed the idea for her business, she lost the, launched the Iconi leggings in 2019. And the brand has been featured in Women's Health Magazine, People Magazine, and Oh, the Oprah Magazine. 10% of Iconi's profits are donated to nonprofit organizations to help make a difference in the world, one legging at a time. Welcome to the show, Angel. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Now, why don't you, um, before we hear about your story, what does Iconi stand for? I love, I love the acronym for that. Iconi stands for I Can Overcome, Nothing's Impossible. That's great. What made you think of that? Like, t- tell us about your story and as to you know how you came up with the idea why you came up with the idea and um and and why you decided to start this company so at the end of 2019 i had been really throwing around the idea of starting a business i just didn't know what i had all my whole adult life has been in the military so i didn't know anything other than that um one day i went to the gym and had a really embarrassing moment um i spent tons of money on leggings from a different brand and they were totally see-through so um, <laughs> uh, one of my friends came up to me in the gym. He's like, hey, I'm I'm sorry to tell you this, but I can see everything. I was like, oh, no, that means everyone could have seen everything this whole time. So really, oh I combined <laughs> me wanting a business and that problem I had to make Iconi. Um, and I came up with my first sketch at two o'clock in the morning when I was working a night shift. Um, and I turned to one of my sergeants and I said, hey. I'm going to start an activewear company. And he's like, it's 2 a.m. We have two more hours here, ma'am. <laughs> so he was just like, why are you doing this at 2 a.m.? Um, I knew I want the activewear to be motivational because sometimes we need an extra push. And I want to like a motivational culture for everyone. So some of us that maybe don't have it figured out in the gym yet. So um, Iconi, I wanted an acronym. So it, it took a lot of like trial and error to figure out what I wanted the name of the brand to be, to appeal to both uh, women and men. Um, so, and finally, Iconi came to be. I love that. Now, most people would just, you know, just go out and buy another brand. You decided to start your own company. Now, from what I've heard, clothing companies are, you know, are very, very competitive. So you're starting a legging brand and there's some top names out there, right? That are the, the go-to legging brands. Um, did you have any fear in, in starting this? Or, you know, what was your mindset when you said, well, I'm just gonna start a legging company? Um, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I had any fear because I was so naive about what it takes <laughs> to start a business. But then I also had the security. So originally this was just a hobby for me because I was still in the military. And I expected to grow very slowly, but when the first 11 months of the business, we got into O Magazine, I was like, okay, maybe this might be real. Uh, So I really, and then last year I finally got out and 
um, became a full-time entrepreneur, I think that's when the pressure was on. So I think if when you're, when you're relying on your business a hundred percent, that's really when you feel the pressure. And, and you said you were in O Magazine. How did you, how did, did someone find you? Did you specifically reach out to them to be featured? Um, someone found me. So I, um, what I tell entrepreneurs all the time, especially women, uh, apply for everything. Because even if you don't get a grant, a lot of times those grant pages will feature your brand logo on the website. So apply for everything because I forgot what the statistics are, but women are a lot less likely to apply for anything because we think we need to be 100% qualified for it. Whereas our male counterparts are okay with being like, I don't want to misquote about 50% qualified for it. I, I say the exact same thing all the time. It's like women have to check off every single box to say I am 100% qualified before they're, they're taking that step forward. And men just go for it, right? And so we need to have more trust in ourselves that we can learn and grow as we're, as we're you know, taking these risks, right? We need to put ourselves out there because we're perfectly capable. Exactly. And I think women, I'm from the South, so Southern women are taught to be humble and never ask for anything, especially minority women. Like, no, this is enough. Don't ask for any more. But that's the total opposite in business. You constantly need to be asking for more because your competitors are, other entrepreneurs are going to be. So, to, And then women also need to make sure they don't feel like they're taking resources from other people. There's enough resources to go around and you need to apply. Because a lot of times I found out that I was able to get into something because no one else applied the, and that's you know like you said you have to you have to actually go out there and look for opportunities right and they're not always going to come to you and and you know just doing that research right you probably had to do a ton of research because you're in a whole new industry right like leggings is very different than the military um so what are some of the what are some of the things that you had to overcome from a personal growth perspective to, to start learning something completely new and, and challenge yourself? The biggest thing I've had to overcome is my own imposter syndrome. I have the, the, it's the toughest thing for me in the world. I, I don't think I'm deserving of a business a lot of times. And I think I should just play the middle of the road. And that has been the biggest thing. Every questioning every decision I'm, I make. So I'm like, am I, should I be making these decisions? Oh, sure. I'm the CEO and founder, but am I smart enough? Am I business minded enough to make these decisions? So I think that's been the biggest thing. And a lot of times I think that is the thing that holds me back the most. And it's also the thing that makes me stop in my tracks week after week after week. So I've been trying to slowly overcome it. I know it's not something that just happens overnight but I've been taking actionable steps to make sure like, hey, you don't question all your decisions or maybe you make your biggest decisions during the morning when you're the freshest. And then if something's an afternoon decision and doesn't need to be made right away, maybe transfer it to transfer it to tomorrow. And it's really helped me talk to talking to other um, women entrepreneurs has actually helped me really come my overcome my imposter syndrome because for, for example, I was, I'm so upset at myself sometimes because I don't have a schedule. I'm like, every Friday I should be doing this. And I've talked to other women entrepreneurs who are very successful and they say, no, I do a different thing every Friday. And I was like, oh, is that, that's okay. And I think it's also <laughs> because, because of the military background of being so structured now it's like, I have to provide my own structure. So I think right. that's one of the biggest thing I've had, biggest things I've had to overcome. And then 
also just being able to bounce back and be resilient. So I think, of course, women are taught to be very resilient. But at the same time, I think we're, we've, we're taught to be resilient for other people. So always be the person that other people can fall back on. But when we need to fall on ourselves, a lot of times we're not able to do so. Yeah, we definitely have to be our number one, uh, you know, cheerleader, right? That to put ourselves first, to be there for ourselves before anything. Um, you said something interesting, and that's about, you know, the imposter syndrome and making decisions. A lot of the work that I do in my coaching is about values, right? When you know your values and you make decisions based on your values, you're never making a wrong decisions and there's never question around that. Um, but a lot of people don't know what their values are. You know, there's there's women in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and they wake up and they still don't know who they are. They have an idea, but they don't. So I always help them go back to childhood, right? When you're imprinted from childhood as to, you know, how you're imprinted from childhood. And, and those really are where your values come from, your values and expectations in life. So um, when you think about the the uh, the imposter syndrome, where do you think that comes from for you? Where do you, you know, if you think back to your childhood, what was it from your environment that you think um, gave you that imposter syndrome? I think my imposter syndrome actually started when I was in college because okay. my mom, my mom has always raised me, um, even though I'm a black Southerner, my mom has always raised me with soft parenting and there was never any glass ceiling. So she never said, you have to cook. I remember like, like vividly going up to my grandma and said, I'm not, I'm not learning how to cook and bake like my cousins. Cause I'm going to be president of the United States. And, <laughs> and, and they just, I remember my grandma just looking at me, but she was like, okay. And it was at my grandma's funeral, we all gave stories and they, they told everyone's like, oh yeah, granny used to make us cook. And I was like, oh no, I told her I was going to be president. And they were like, what? So she didn't make you cook. I was like, oh no. But I think my imposter syndrome started in college. I went to a military college and only 5% um, of the school was women. And then it was 1% black women. And so um, they, currently today, there there's only been about 100 black women that graduated from the Citadel, the military college I went to in South Carolina. And I think my imposter syndrome really started there because that was the first time. I had always been the other one, but I feel like I was really othered. I was like, oh, I don't see anyone that looks like me. And I'm not, I don't think the same way that all these men around me think something must be wrong with me. So I really think that's where my imposter syndrome started. And it's so weird because it's like, you know, just like you said, it's ingrained in us since we're young. So it's like I, my mom put these values in me that you can do anything. But I think that was the first time in my life that I saw that I maybe couldn't do everything. Or, well, I couldn't do everything like I I wanted to. I thought I should. And that's and that's the important thing. What you said right there, because as women, right? So my career has been in in IT. I've always worked in IT in the IT industry, and it's a very male dominated industry. And so, unless I always had these assumptions that I had to be like them to be successful, right? And and. Uh, again, you're a very small percentage of the group, and all the other women, they're competitors. They're not your colleagues, right? They're not not—they're not your collaborations. And so there's very few mentors in that environment, and you can question yourself. But I've come to learn over the years that you can be different. That's what paves the way, right? That's what entrepreneurs do 
um, they paved the way with new and interesting ideas of, and ways of doing things. Um, and so uh, when you think about that, um, what do you think that you've done differently uh, compared to other people that, that has really helped you to be successful? Uh, number one, I'm very collaborative. Um, just like you mentioned about the other women being competitors, it's funny because my first collaboration I did with a small business owner, her name is Lindsay and her artist name is Bones. Um, we were stationed together, our first duty stations together in Texas and we absolutely hated each other. And the reason <laughs> why we hated each other is because we were fighting for resources and they would always say, oh, who's going to be the best female lieutenant? And it's like, well, why? You don't put the guys against each other like that. And so actually we literally sat down and worked through our issues um, much like a couple of years later. And we did a collaboration together. We put her artwork onto Iconi's clothing. And that was really special for me. So I think collaboration helps. So I'm collaborative with other small business owners, with my models, I'm with my photographer. If they're telling me that I need to do something, sometimes I might take a step back and like, look and like, okay, I got it. I'm, I'm open to it. And then even with mentors, I know some people push back on your, your mentors, but even if I don't 100% agree with it, I'm glad that someone gives me another lens to look at. So I think that's one of the things I do. And then I always also try to keep my purpose in mind. So <laughs> some people, I know some people like question my business owner, uh, uh, how I am a business owner. Like, why would you donate 10% of profits to nonprofits when you're just starting out? And I was like, well, that's fundamentally how I was raised. You give back even if you don't have that much. And this stuff, um, so I also don't believe in unpaid internships and people look at me and they think I'm crazy, but I think a lot of unpaid internships are women and minorities and I need to pay them what they're worth to help me. Um, I know people will disagree, but I'm so, I just started off in my career. So I want to provide them value, but they also need money. <laughs> um, well, cause you're, and that's so important because you're getting, you're giving them value. You're showing to them that they are valued by paying them. And exactly. Cause, and, and I think that's one of the biggest things, like since the beginning, I've always paid people. So especially cause I feel a lot of uh, black and Brown and women creators aren't paid on social media or models and they deserve to get paid. So, and then always just keeping my purpose in mind. So why did I start Iconi? So I wanted to be inclusive activewear. So we go up to 4X and I want to expand the sizing. So that lets me know, hey, you can't just ever make something in a small and medium. If it doesn't work for all these body types, then that's not for you. And then making sure it's motivational and then making sure everything's done with purpose. So so what if people think donating 10% is way too much? It's like that this is my purpose. I want to give back while I'm helping myself as well. That's so important. That and it's I, I did the same thing with my business. I said I was going to give 10% of time, resources, and money back uh, to the community. And and my, you know, I published my memoir in 2019 and it's about domestic violence. Um, because I, I grew up in a domestic violence household. And so I partner with domestic violence shelters and I donate my book for fundraisers. I do talks and speaking engagements to them for free. Um, I've done some coaching for free. I'll give them my online courses for free. And to me, that's really important because, you know, they can't afford it. And they're in a situation where I've been in the past and my mom's been in the past. And so I want to be able to help them if I can 
uh, with with to me it's it's not that much I don't mind shipping my books overseas it costs me money but if I if I can help an organization or help an individual um, it's worth it to me because it's all about purpose right it's it's getting exactly. the message out it's not always about the bottom line exactly and I think uh, like money will always be there in different forms but if you don't what, what if someone's told me if you don't have purpose in your business when in times gets hard, the time gets hard, like the money's not going to be enough to keep you around. So just like you said, moving with purpose in every business decision you make. So what, um, running a business is probably extremely stressful. What do you do to kind of calm down and get into that, you know, balanced mindset and, and, you know, get your energy back? So the first thing I do is I'm very strict about my morning routine. Um, I don't want to start my day without my morning routine. And for me, it's reading the Bible, saying 10 things that I'm grateful for and meditating for five minutes. And the five minute meditation is such a struggle for me because I'm thinking, oh, I can do I can be doing other stuff with these five minutes. But I make myself sit down and then taking my vitamins. It's just those kind of things help me start my morning in the days that, that I do skip it. I feel out of whack. It's just like, oh, man, I didn't meditate. I didn't. So that is something that I do. And then also I'm re I'm learning how to set my schedule without putting so many things on my to-do list. So like most women, I think I'm super a woman and I would put like <laughs> 20, I would put 20 things on my to-do list, hard things thinking, Oh, and then when I didn't accomplish them, I would be like, Oh, I failed the day. So now I pulled back and prioritize and realize that everything's not a priority day one, even though I think it, everything's a priority because it's my business. <laughs> But I think that is something that really like reeling in that schedule and then taking time for yourself. Um, recently, my mentors told me they're like, you can't work a Saturday anymore on Saturdays anymore. And I said, oh, I'm taking Sundays off. They're like, no, we can't work on Saturdays anymore. And I was like, but Saturday is my rollover day. If I don't finish everything for the week, they're like, well, Friday needs to be your rollover day. So just taking that advice has really helped me. Because the last three Saturdays, I've slept until the afternoon. So oh, my goodness. And I'm, I'm a 7 I'm a seven a.m. like sharp. So it's like if I'm crashing on Friday and my body doesn't even wake up on Saturday, that means I'm probably I need to reevaluate. So I'm constantly trying to do those things to reevaluate. And then also talking to other small business owners. Uh, we have a business besties. Um um, chat that we have on Instagram. We'll share stuff on Instagram with each other. Um, we have like a painter, two photographers, two clothing owners, and a one aspiring clothing owner in the group. And we just like bounce stuff off of each other. And it really helps to know that someone else is struggling. <laughs> it just, it's because it, we were just talking about decision fatigue the other day and how it plays, it goes into every part of your life, really. Um, when you're right. so. So sometimes I struggle making business decisions and then I will struggle in every other area of my life. Like, oh, what can I eat today? I don't even know because it's like too many decisions. Right. You have you have to you have to take a, a you know, a scan of yourself constantly check in with yourself. Is my mental health good? Is my physical health good? Is my emotional state well? Because if you don't have all three in alignment, it'll burn out and it impacts everyone around you. But it sounds like you have a great team surrounding uh, you and, and helping you make those decisions. 
Yes, I definitely did. And I have a trainer, a personal trainer, because that was one of the things that went out the window for me. It's weird. I own an active real brand. I'm active, but that's one of the things I will immediately go out the window from having a bad day is myself. And it helps just having that trainer that says, no, you need to come to the gym. And so coming to the gym means I'm going to have to eat something before I go to the gym and my body's going to be hungry after the gym. So it's just like, oh, and I'm going to have to drink water that day. So it's just those kind of things really help like me get centered back. It's accountability. Those accountability partners, they're so important. Well, thank you so much, Angel. It's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, where can people find you? Um, they can find Iconi at Iconi, I-C-O-N-I dot com. And I'm also on LinkedIn. If you go to Angel Johnson Iconi, I'll be right there. Thank you for having right. me. Thank you. And I am excited to see where your company takes off. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Women CEO in Reflection. To reach out to one of our guests, their contact is in the description of the show. Do you want a total mindset transformation? Apply to Mindset Warrior, The Art of Intentional Thinking, my personal coaching boot camp at IamAMindsetWarrior.com and schedule your call with me today. Thank you.